and food, right? So, guys, we hope you can be there on, on Thursday at 5 p.m. Les invitamos cordialmente. Right now, I want to invite you to get your Bibles out. And Jonathan said, we, we want to do what we're doing based on the Bible. And I so uh, heartily agree with that. Queremos sacar las Biblias, tenerlas abiertas. We're going to be looking into a number of scriptures here in just a moment. The first one will actually be, again, from the Gospel of John. It's from John chapter 10, verses 7 through 11. That'll be our first one. El primer texto va a ser de Juan 10, 7 al 11. As you're getting there, I just want to, again, amplify what he said about reading the Bible. I heard a survey this week that said that during the pandemic, 26 million people in our country stopped reading their Bibles. Were you one of the 26 million? If you are, we've got the plans to get you back on track. Okay, so we want to encourage you in that. So have your Bibles ready. Tengan las Biblias listas. I can pinpoint the date. It was on July 26, 1998. El 26 de julio, 1998. I and my family had been traveling for three solid days on the road from Iowa. Estábamos viajando mi familia y yo desde Iowa. My wife Mindy, my oldest son Jason, who was five at the time, my youngest son Bryant, who was not quite three. He was two and then some. Mi esposa, mi hijo Jason, que tenía cinco años, mi hijo Bryant, que tenía apenas, iba a cumplir los tres años. And so We've been on the road all day. Third day on the road, we stop in Stockton for some delicious chicken nuggets at some fast food place, okay? Paramos en Stockton para comer. And we got back into the car to come down to Tulare. Subimos al carro para llegar a Tulare. And as soon as we got back on the freeway, our youngest son, Bryant, began to cry. Se puso a llorar el hijo, el, el chiquito. Why? He had had enough. That was it. Done. No more. And he cried. And he cried all the way down the 99 freeway. Él lloró. Three hours. Tres horas de llorar. He took a 10-minute break in Fresno, okay? Just a little bit. Tuvo un descanso en Fresno, but then he cried the rest of the way. And so we pulled into the parking lot of Tulare Community Church, and it was already getting dark outside. Llegamos al aparcamiento de la Tulare Community Church, and there were people milling around. Había mucha gente allí. You see, that day, the very first Teens Encounter Christ retreat was concluding. Se estaba concluyendo el primer retiro de los jóvenes encontrándose con Cristo, and there were people taking their kids home and that sort of thing. We stepped out of the car, road-weary, a little bit dazed, very tired, salimos del carro, and this strange couple came running up to us, running with open arms to greet us with hugs and, and smiles and words of welcome and words of encouragement. Esta pareja nos llegó con orazos y palabras de bienvenida, sonrisas. It was a couple some of you may know, Dave and Melody Brinkman. They were members at Tulare Community Church, but they were also going to be our new neighbors. And we didn't know that. Eran miembros de la iglesia, pero también nuestros nuevos vecinos. And that is basically the story of my introduction to Tulare. That's how we came. Así llegamos a Tulare. And for my family, at least, that was the beginning of this adventure that we know as Sunrise Community Church. Así comenzó la aventura de esta iglesia, la, la iglesia amanecer. 
That was 20, almost 24 years ago, hace 24 años. It's, uh, kids have grown a little bit, things have changed a little bit, las cosas han cambiado. But one thing has not changed, God's faithfulness, God's presence and his guidance. La fidelidad del Señor no ha cambiado en ese tiempo. But today we have to recognize we're in a different place and there are some questions we're facing. Where are we going now in the future? Hacia donde nos dirigimos en el futuro? How are we going to get there? How do we know where we're going? ¿Cómo saber a dónde vamos? We're at a kind of what I would call a crossroads as a church, and you've been hearing about some of this over the last few months as we've been trying to discern who we are, where we're going, who we need to go with. Estamos discerniendo uh, quiénes somos y con quiénes tenemos que seguir adelante. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that often in order to see the road in front of us better, it's a good idea to look back and see the road behind us. Because when you see God behind you, you can get some indications as to how he might be leading you in the future. Para ver el camino adelante, hay que mirar atrás. And so that's what I'm hoping we can do today and for the next eight Sundays or so in a series of messages that we're calling The Heart of Sunrise. Vamos a comenzar una serie, El Corazón del Amanecer. And so what we want to do over the next eight Sundays is to really get a sense of how God has been at work in our midst. We're going to look at some of the biblical foundations that have been part of Sunrise Community Church all these 24 years. Vamos a mirar los fundamentos bíblicos de esta iglesia. And by looking at those foundations and those, those values, we hope to learn more about where God is going. And along the way, I hope we can tell some of the stories of what God has done, like the story I just told you. Queremos uh, pues también contar las historias de lo que Dios ha hecho con nosotros. You know, when you go to the doctor for a checkup, I know this happens to me. One of the things the doctor does, sometimes I wonder, why is he doing this? I, I know my heart's okay, but what does he do? He pulls out the stethoscope and he listens to my heart. El doctor cuando va a subir un chequeo saca un estetoscopio para escuchar el corazón. He wants to hear, is the heart beating strong is it okay well over the next few weeks i'm hoping that we can in a sense use the bible as a stethoscope and by looking into god's word we want to check our heart check the heartbeat of this church the pulse to see if we are still in line with god's heartbeat queremos usar la palabra como un estetoscopio para para mirar nuestro corazón y, y alinearnos con el corazón de dios and so again, I want to turn us to our first scripture, which I said is from John chapter 10, verses 7 through 11, Juan 10, 7 al 11. And here we find some words of Jesus that I think speak not only to the heart of sunrise, but I think these words obviously speak to the heart of God himself. Son palabras que hablan del corazón de la iglesia y de Jesús mismo. There are two images in this reading that Jesus uses, and the first of them is found in verse 7. Hay dos imágenes, primero en versículo 7. Jesus says in verse 7, I tell you the truth, I'm the gate for the sheep. Ciertamente les aseguro que yo soy la puerta de las ovejas. And then in verse 9, he says something similar. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find 
pasture. Yo soy la puerta. El que entre por esa puerta que soy yo será salvo. Se moverá con entera libertad y hallará pastos. So, Jesus refers to himself here as the gate or as the door, specifically the gate or door of a sheep pen or of a sheepfold. Jesús es la puerta de un redil. Now, we need to get this uh, in our heads of what that was like in those times. In, in ancient times, a, a gate for a sheep pen is not what you might imagine today, you know, like a swinging thing with, with wood or metal uh, construction. It wasn't that way. No era una puerta como de metal o madera. When he says, I'm the gator and opening, he's referring to a sheep pen that was simply an enclosure with an open space. There's an open space where the door should be. Había una apertura. And that was the place where the sheep could go through. And they could go through to go in to find protection, or they could go through to go out to find food. Pasaban por dentro para encontrar protección, o para afuera para encontrar comida. And so Jesus is saying, in a sense, something about himself in reference to God. He's saying, I am the door to the Father. I am the point of access to everything that is God. Yo soy el punto de acceso a Dios. I am the point of access to God's protection, his salvation. I'm the, I'm the door to God's provision, to his guiding in your life. I'm the door to God's blessing, to God's acceptance, to God's eternal life, to everything. I am that point of access. You're not going to get through to, to God any other way but through me. Yo soy el acceso a la protección de Dios, su salvación, provisión, bendición, vida eterna. That's me. In fact, in verse 8, he says, if anybody else says that they can do what I can do, they're lying. Anyone who came before me, if they said that they could do this, they're a thief. They're a liar. El que diga que pueden hacer lo que yo hago, son mentirosos. There's only one gate. There's only one place to get through to God. And that's through me. And then the second vivid image that Jesus uses is found in verse 11. Después del versículo 11, Jesus says there, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Yo soy el buen pastor. El buen pastor da su vida por las ovejas. Now, in referring to himself as a good shepherd, Jesus here is, is drawing on a very rich storehouse of vivid imagery and symbolism that comes from the Old Testament of the Bible. The Old Testament talks a lot about sheep and shepherds. Él está minando tesoros del Antiguo Testamento con este simbolismo. In the Old Testament of the Bible in particular, the idea, the image of a shepherd is connected many times with David, the great king of Israel. Se conecta a esta imagen de la oveja con David, el gran rey de Israel. In fact, if we look At Psalm 78, verses 70 to 72, we find this explained for us. Salmo 78, 70, it says that God chose David, his servant, and he took him from the sheep pens. He took him from tending sheep, and he brought him to be the shepherd of Israel, the king of Israel. David was a shepherd king. Dice que Dios escogió a su siervo David, lo sacó de los apriscos de las ovejas y lo quitó para ser pastor del pueblo Israel. And then in Psalm 78:72 it says, David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands he led them. David los pastoreó con corazón sincero, con mano experta los dirigió. 
So that's one way in which the shepherd image is used a lot in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, the idea, the symbol of a shepherd is also very much connected with God himself. Se conecta también con Dios mismo. There are many places I could point to, but one of those is found in Ezekiel, the prophet, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 14, Ezekiel 34, 4. And God is speaking here and he says, I will tend them, that's Israel, I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. Las haré pastar en los mejores pastos, dice, su aprisco estará en los montes altos de Israel. Then in verse 15, God says, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. Yo mismo apacentaré a mi rebaño y lo llevaré a descansar, lo afirma el Señor Omnipotente. So God's saying, I'm the shepherd of Israel. Yo soy pastor Israel. So when we put those two uh, uh, streams of the Old Testament together, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. What is he saying? Cuando Jesús afirma, yo soy buen pastor, ¿qué dice? He's saying on the one hand, I am the Messiah. I am the anointed, appointed, chosen shepherd king who comes out of the line, out of the family of David, the great king of Israel. Soy el Mesías, el, el rey pastor que viene de la línea de David. But at the same time, he's saying, I am God, your shepherd. Yo soy Dios, su buen pastor. In fact, Jesus, in everything that he says and does, fulfills a prophecy that's found in the book of Micah, written centuries before. Jesús cumple con la profecía de Micah 5.4. It's in Micah chapter 5, verse 4. And it says this. It says, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Sugirá uno para pastorearlos con el poder del Señor. And it goes on to say this. They will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth. Vivirán seguros porque él dominará hasta los confines de la tierra. So how will God's people live securely? How will God's people be brought into the fold and saved? ¿Cómo vivirán seguros el pueblo de Dios en su, en su redil? Jesus says in John 10, 11, I'm the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. Yo soy buen pastor que entrego mi vida por las ovejas, dice Jesús. Again, we need to imagine the picture of ancient times with that opening in the shepherd, in the sheepfold, in the sheep pen. Many times, I understand, the shepherd would sleep at night across the opening of the sheep pen. Los pastores dormían hasta en la apertura que era la puerta del redil. Why? Because they were prepared to give their lives for the sheep. If a wolf or some other predator came along, the shepherd would be there. They would have to get through the shepherd to get to the sheep. Estaba protegiendo a las ovejas de los depredadores, de, de los lobos, etc. Jesus says, that's me. They're going to live securely because I give my life for the sheep. Jesus, our good shepherd, spreads himself out on the cross. And in doing so, he gives himself against the predator of sin, Satan, hell, the devil. He gives himself up for the sheep. Jesús entrega la cruz por las ovejas. 
But that's not all. Last week we just celebrated it. The resurrection of Jesus. Jesús resucitó. And I said last week that, that in the Bible, the idea of resurrection is, is connected with the idea of standing up again, standing up from death. La resurrección es ponerse de pie. And here, what do we find in Micah 5.4? It says, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Surgirá uno para pastorearlos con el poder del Señor. Literalmente dice, se pone de pie para pastorearlos. Jesus is the one who's risen from the dead and as this prophecy says, his greatness extends to the ends of the earth. Su grandeza está hasta los confines de la tierra. So Jesus is the door. Jesus is the good shepherd. And in John 10.10, 10, there's, there's this key verse, I think, that really links together these two images. Juan 10.10 es un vínculo para estas dos imágenes. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. El ladrón no viene más que a robar, matar y destruir. Yo he venido para que tengan vida y la tengan en abundancia. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, there are thieves out there. Who is the thief? ¿Quién es el ladrón? Well, it's the world and all that it offers. It's our own sinful desires which get us into trouble. And of course, it is the devil, that predator we just talked about. Es el mundo y sus deseos, el pecado, el diablo. And these things steal from us. They steal our joy. They kill our bodies. They destroy our souls. Roban el gozo, matan el cuerpo, destruyen el alma. But Jesus says, that's not me. I have come to give life. To give life to the full. Uh, sometimes it's translated abundant life. Literally the word means all around life. Eternal life. He venido para que tenga la vida en abundancia. La vida eterna. As the door, Jesus is the point of access to this abundant life. Él es el acceso a esta vida abundante. As the good shepherd, he is the one who gives us this abundant life by giving himself. Como el buen pastor, él da esta vida en abundancia al dar su vida. And so when we put this all together here, what John is saying is Jesus is the source. He's the source of eternal life. Él es la fuente de vida eterna. In fact, John in his gospel, we just learned in the last few months, he talks about Jesus as the well of living water. Él es la fuente de agua viva. He's, he's the bread of life who comes down from heaven to give his life for the world. Eres el pan de vida que da su vida por el mundo. So putting that all together, Jesus is the one who is our only access to God. He guards us from evil. He guides us into the green pastures of eternal life. And he's the giver. He's the source of that life. Él es el acceso a la vida eterna, nos guía la vida eterna, y él nos da la vida eterna. And so if Jesus is the gateway and the guide and the giver of life, what does that mean for the church? ¿Qué significa eso para la iglesia? When we began Sunrise 24 years ago, we began with a simple statement of our purpose, of our mission. Comenzamos con una misión, una declaración de nuestra misión en esta iglesia. And the statement was this. Our mission, our purpose is to bring people 
to Jesus Christ and equip them to live extraordinary lives for God. Queremos llevar a las personas a Jesucristo y equiparlas para vivir vidas extraordinarias para Dios. We want to get people connected to Jesus and then help them to walk in the abundant life that Jesus came to give. The extraordinary life. Queremos conectar a las personas con Jesús para que lleven una vida en abundancia. Now, that's the purpose that we began with. And there's really nothing unique about it because that is really the purpose of every single Christian congregation. That has been the purpose of the church for the last 2,000 years. Ha sido el propósito de la iglesia. It's to bring people into contact with Jesus. And the Bible would tell us that the church is really God's chosen tool. It's God's chosen instrument for getting people in Jesus together. La iglesia existe para conectar a las personas con Jesús. And so I think you could say people need the church. People need the church. Why? Because people need Jesus. La gente necesita la iglesia porque necesita a Jesús. And that's what we're to be about. And I can tell you from my vantage point that this has not changed in 24 years. I don't expect this to change as we go forward because if you look around our world today, what do you find? You find people looking for life in all the wrong places. As the country song says, looking for love in all the wrong places too. La gente está buscando vida y amor en lugares equivocados. Knocking on all kinds of doors. People are knocking on the doors of prosperity and pleasure and, and relationships without any commitment to them, of, of identity confusion. People are knocking on all kinds of doors. La gente está tocando muchas puertas. People are knocking, our younger generation, knocking on the door of, of the metaverse, of, of virtual reality. But you're not going to find anything real there. It's virtual reality. It's an illusion. Están tocando la puerta de la realidad virtual buscando vida y no la hay. Es una ilusión. People are knocking on the door looking for social acceptance through social media. That's been such a big thing. It's kind of funny because social acceptance and social media are polar opposites if you really think about it. La gente busca aceptación social en los medios sociales. You can find acceptance for a little while until you don't. Until the door is slammed in your face and you are rejected. It's called cancel culture, right? Puedes encontrar aceptación hasta que no. La cultura de la cancelación. People are, are looking for life and looking for love, knocking on the doors of all kinds of addictions. Están tocando la puerta de las adicciones with, with gateway drugs and gateway porn and gateway gambling and all the other gateways you can think of. And it is not giving life. It's robbing, stealing, killing, destroying, lying to them. Están tocando las puertas de la adicción, la droga, la pornografía, los juegos al azar y no hay vida. See, people in our day and age don't need more doors to knock on. They got plenty of doors. Hay suficientes puertas. What they need is the one true door, the one gate, the one way to have access to God and His abundant life. Ocupan la única puerta que es Jesús. 
People don't need another self-help guide. They don't need another guru. They don't need another psychic to guide them into something. No necesitan un guía, un experto para guiarlos. No, they need the good shepherd who's going to guide them into abundant life. Necesitan al buen pastor. People don't need a magic pill. They don't need some medicine or some fad diet or something that's going to make them healthy and give them life. No necesitan una medicina para darles vida. They need the great physician to heal their soul. Necesitan al gran médico de médicos. And that's Jesus. And Jesus' heart is to get people connected to him. That's his heart. Corazón de Jesús de conectar a las personas. In fact, after Jesus rose from the dead, he was preparing to ascend to go back to the Father. And in Matthew 28, 19, he gave us this, this pathway for how we are to live. Mateo 28, 19, Jesús antes de ascender nos da esas instrucciones. He says, go. In fact, literally he says, as you are going, as you're making your way through life, make disciples of all nations. Mientras vayan en el camino, hagan discípulos de todas las naciones. Get people connected to me. How? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Bautizándolos en el nombre del Padre, Hijo, y Espíritu Santo. What's baptism? What's that referring to? That's saying, get people through the door. Not just getting people through the door of the church. Way more than that. Get people through the door that is Jesus. Cause them to believe, to trust, to gain access to the Father through me. Que pasen por la puerta no solo la iglesia, sino la puerta que es Jesús. En fe, eso es bautismo. And teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Enseñenles a obedecer lo que les he mandado. That's saying, train people, equip people so that they follow after me as the good shepherd. That they learn to trust and be on a journey with me. Equipenlas para seguirme a mí como el buen pastor. He says, if you'll do that, if you'll get people to the door and get them to follow the good shepherd, oh yeah, I'll be with you always in that. I'll be with you to the end of the world. Estaré con ustedes hasta el fin del mundo. Isn't that a beautiful invitation? That's the invitation we were given as a church 24 years ago that's the same invitation today. That's why we want to be here as a church. I want to ask you right now, I forgot to mention it earlier, but we have some sheets that we, we have available for you. And, and, and those are some questions on there to get you thinking. Hay unas preguntas en las hojas. If you don't have one, we have some more in the back. And if you need one, raise a hand. I, I think Charlotte's there and she can help you get one. Si quieren una hoja, levanten la mano. I want to I wanna invite you to think about those questions today and maybe talk with others. Throughout the series, we're going to be trying to have some dialogue and some conversation about this. But I want to invite you to look at that second question in particular. Where am I in relationship to Jesus? ¿Dónde estoy yo en relación con Jesús? I want to give you an, uh, an opportunity just to evaluate. Where do you see yourself this morning? Are you perhaps 
outside the door and you're checking it out, you're looking into the door that is Jesus and you're not quite sure if you can trust in him, but, but you're curious and you want to know and you're, you're, you're maybe looking at that possibility. A lo mejor estás evaluando y investigando la puerta que es Jesús. That might be honestly where you are today and that is great if that's where you are. Or it could be that you're here this morning because you have just stepped into the door. You're just inside the door. You've trusted in Jesus, but there are a lot of questions, a lot of things you don't know. You're, you're really just kind of open to be led, and you'd really have a lot to learn. That's okay, too. If that's where you are, a lo mejor apenas has entrado en la puerta que es Jesús confiando en Él y tienes muchísimas preguntas. Está bien. Or it could be that you have been following Jesus, the Good Shepherd, for a long time. Many, many years. And in fact, you're at a place where he is leading you into green pastures. And you're on an adventure with him. And you just want to know more. And you want to grow. And you want to be more uh, about what he's called you to do to help others to follow him. A lo mejor estás siguiendo a Jesús el buen pastor a verdes pastos en una gran aventura. That's great. So I want to give you a chance to think about where you are. And wherever you are, this is what I want to say. Wherever you are, There is a place for you in this community known as Sunrise Community Church. Whether you're just checking out Jesus, just barely believing in Jesus, or you follow Jesus for a long time and you want to keep growing. Hay un lugar aquí en esta iglesia. Si estás investigando a Jesús, apenas siguiendo, o has seguido a Jesús muchos años. And as a church, really, what do we want to be about in this community? From my heart? is that we would be like that couple that met me when I came to Tulare. We need to be like Dave and Melody, that our posture towards our community is one, we're going to come and we're going to come with open arms. We want to embrace you. We want to give you words of encouragement. We want to love you into a relationship with Jesus. We want we to be that person to walk with you. We want to be your neighbors, and we want to be your friends so that you can get to know the very best friend you could ever have. Queremos ser esas personas que abrazan y llegan a las personas con una cordial bienvenida para que conozcan del Señor. That, I think, is the heart of sunrise. Because Jesus is at the heart of it all. Jesús está al corazón de esta iglesia y al corazón de todo. So I want to invite you to pray with me, would you? Oremos. God, I can't help but getting emotional when I think about your goodness. Your goodness to me as an individual, to my family, to bring me to this incredible people and this incredible place, to be on this amazing adventure we've been on for 24 years. You've been so faithful. Has sido fiel Dios en esta aventura. I give you thanks for the many opportunities we've had over the years as a church to grow to share your love with others and we want to continue that we want to be faithful in that in the best way we can we are not the only church oh no but we are part of the only church the church of Jesus Christ throughout the world 
We pray for the church wherever it is found, wherever God's people gather, wherever your gospel is preached. Oramos por la iglesia por todo el mundo. Help us to stay close to your heart, Jesus. Shepherd us. Even in this week, would you lead each one here? Guía cada persona en esta semana. Lead us to times in your word, times of worship, times of serving others, times of prayer, times of bearing the burdens of people who are hurting. Que tengamos tiempos en tu palabra, tiempos de adoración, de servicio a los demás, tiempos de abrazar a los que tienen necesidad. Keep us close to you, Jesus, by your spirit. Manténnos junto a ti, Señor. And we thank you again for the many blessings. Be honored in our praises now, we pray, today and always. Que te honremos con nuestras alabanzas hoy y para siempre. We ask this in the name of the one true door, the only good shepherd, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.
invite you to, to stay just a bit. We have some refreshments out here and uh,